It was a hot, bright afternoon in August, just a few days before the total eclipse of the sun. I found myself in Tehran with a small group of Americans who were there to see the eclipse. You see, if you're going to go to Iran as an American, the insurance companies insist that you all stay together because you never know what's going to happen to somebody if they go wandering off by themselves on the streets of Tehran. But my friend uh, Sam and I decided that we did not want to be coddled and fed in the hotel. And we figured that what we would do is sneak out on our own and, and try to have some fun out there on the streets. We went to visit the old American embassy, which is now a military intelligence training camp with anti-American slogans all over the front wall, including one of my favorites, which is, the day America praises us, we should mourn. And then we went wandering the streets in search of lunch. We didn't read or speak any Farsi, and it was impossible to tell what was a restaurant and what wasn't. But by kind of tracking where all these men were going down this flight of steps, and we just kind of followed them. And, and indeed, it was a small cafeteria-like room with about 12 tables. And we walk in there, and it's just a, the glare of fluorescent lights. There's a Coca-Cola clock on the wall above the cash register. On either side of the Coca-Cola clock, there are pictures of two ayatollahs. Now, there were about 20 or 30 Iranian men in the room, all with big, thick beards, and they were all looking at us like, continually from the moment we arrived to the moment we sat down. And we averted our gazes and looked down at these menus, and Sam and I just look at each other, and he goes, what's, uh, what's for lunch? <laughs> what's on the menu? And I said, I, I have no idea. Meanwhile, everyone around the room is still looking at us. And I look across, and next table down, there's a guy with a plate of some kind of meatballs and rice, and I pointed it, and I, I say to Sam, that looks good. And the minute my finger is pointing, the guy looks at me with this volcanic glare and starts shouting in Farsi for the waiter. And the waiter comes over, and he just starts pounding his newspaper on the table and saying, American, blah, blah, American, American. And I'm just, I'm turned away really quickly. Sam looks at me, and he says, this is not exactly Applebee's. Every time I sort of meet the eye of someone who's eating lunch, they just glare at me, and they scream at the waiter, and they point at us, and it's just clear that we're not welcome. I, I've been in a lot of places in my life, traveling in a lot of different countries, and I started to feel the sense building in the room like we were really in trouble. And I looked at Sam, and I said, you know, I think we ought to get out of here. So I just pull out like a wad of bills, and I, I throw them on the table, and we, we sort of gulp down our Cokes, and we try to stand up, but there's a huge hand pushing down on my shoulder and I crane my neck up and I look at the guy who's attached to the hand and he gives me this look and he shakes his, his head. It's just the universal language. You're not going anywhere. The reality of what's happening dawns on us simultaneously. We're being kidnapped in, in Iran. We're about to be kidnapped. For me, my eyes just lit up. You know, I imagined there'd basically be a year in captivity with the inevitable, you know, episodes of despair and then my inevitable release and hopefully a seven-figure book contract and the movie rights. So uh, <laughs> I'm sitting there and just kind of all of these uh, sugar plums are dancing through my head and I had just barely started to spend my advance when the door to the kitchen burst open and this huge man came charging towards me with his hands completely full, but the guy wasn't carrying any weapons. He was carrying this, this filigreed tray. 
the, the tray was just laden with uh, kebab and koresh, with dolme and mashed, with kuku and kofte, a pile of lavash bread and a huge tureen of rice. What had happened was that every single person in the restaurant had been looking at us and telling the waiter to send us his favorite dish. The waiter and the cook stood there above us, watching us eat. They wouldn't let us leave until we were completely and absolutely bloated. I stood up to leave, and I just thumbed through my phrase book, and I, I finally lit on the only phrase that seemed to make any sense in the circumstances, which was, Chubkari Nakon, your generosity puts me to shame. Thanks again, Jeff Greenwald, author of several books, including the recently published Snake Lake. We'll have a link to the world that is Jeff Greenwald right on our site, snapjudgment.org. You could also go there. We'll have podcasts, videos, uh, the Twitter feed, Facebook. Go ahead and find out what goes into the sausage-making fest that is storytelling. You're going to love it. This here, this right here is Snap Judgment, the road trip episode. Stay tuned. <laughs>